0: Hello and welcome to the Empire of the Cock podcast. We've got the copites, Mick Moran here, our very own Peter Kenny Jones, and there's a debut for fellow Empire man Liam Toher. How are we all doing, gents? It has been a wild, wild morning of transfer news. Um, I mean, let's just kick things off really with with Jordan Henderson and Fabinho. What else were we going to talk about? Um, So the timeline for those uh, watching this who. I don't know. I don't know where you've been. Have you not spotted this news? Uh, but David Allston popped up uh, with the announcement that Jordan Henderson is leaning towards accepting an offer for, from Saudi pro league outfit Al Etifahi, uh, which would quadruple his current salary, going to £700,000 a week. Gerard pushing for a move. Then rather bizarrely, the news came out that the Cheeky Buggers were pushing for a free transfer, even though his contract isn't due to expire for another two years. Uh, Romano then follows that by reporting that Liverpool don't want to sell him for free and want £10 million, which seems extraordinarily low. But this has been since disputed by Dominic King, who has said that no fee has been set by Liverpool, understandably. And you can absolutely be sure that £10 million won't be a realistic figure for Liverpool who don't sell players at a cut price. Mick, I'm gonna I'm gonna come to you first here on this one. It, it's you know we haven't even touched Fabinho, but I feel that we almost need to just devote one segment at least just to Jordan Henderson alone because the amount of dispute that's already you know come out online around the story. I mean, it absolutely boggles the mind, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm the same. I'm sure all the lads are the same. Like, I don't know where, where to begin. Like I'm kind of the new because I was saying to you before we started recording about like we've been fed on what seems like scraps. Like it was only yesterday on a quick pod and we're talking about. I was talking about about lactate tests, like that's how that's how bottom of the barrel it was getting, and all of a sudden you get the Hendo news, you get the Fabinho news, and then you get the Nunez grenade thrown in as well for good measure. um Yeah, the Henderson stuff's mad. Like I, when I first seen it, I was like, I'm sure like the rest of us. I, I didn't know how. I, I kind of didn't believe it because I thought, well, there's no way he's went away and got himself in the best shape ever. Like Mo Salah and Robbo are giving him loads of compliments on his on his newfound six-pack and all that, um, just to come back. And I thought he was in the mindset to come back. He's got himself in the best shape. He saw we've bought McAllister's obviously, He knows he's got a fight on his hands to get back in the squad. And then this kind of comes rumbling out of, out of nowhere. And it, it's it's hard to... It's weird to process it, weirdly, because he's been here for so long. He's part of the furniture. And obviously, he's declined over the years. I think everyone can accept that he's not he's not going to be a first-team player. I'm sure... I don't know how frank the conversations with Jurgen Klopp have been, but I'm sure he's been told that with the new players coming in, he, he's not going to be playing anywhere near as much as he's going to. And I think everyone can see that he's probably going to. He would have took like the mill in the role, I suppose, as like a, as a backup. Um, but I suppose that's not kind of fed well into what he wants. Obviously, Gerard going to Saudi. This deal's kind of came to fruition, it seems like. And I suppose it's up to him if he wants to go. Will be it'll be. It'll be, I'll be gutted personally, just because I think he's such a massive um, person. When he gets on the field, I know his, his his abilities waned quite a lot. But in terms of what he can see behind the scenes, and I think just because we don't see it, um, what the players say, what the manager says, the amount of stuff that he does in behind the scenes, the intangibles, like le- all the leadership qualities that he's been and done at, won everything, lifted everything, that type of thing can't that can't be a price can't be put on that if you know what I mean. So. I think losing that is 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 massive, but if it's something that he wants to happen, then there's there's pretty much nothing else we can do. We we then have to be as proactive as we as we have been up to now and get people in as quickly as possible.
0: No, absolutely. I, I mean, I, I want to touch on something you said there about sort of reduced minutes. I think it was already going to be expected, Liam, wasn't it? You know, we brought in Dominic uh, Sabolsky. The way the Liverpool's midfield is sort of evolving, I, th- I think we could begin to accept that you know players like Jordan Henderson, Thiago, Alcantara, perhaps less of a case with Fabinho. You know, he's 29, but these players were going to be slowly sort of drafted out of the first eleven. You know, still a key player. We're talking about the Liverpool captain, given that you've you know we've already lost James Milner, who's such an important you know figurehead in that dressing room. I mean, it would almost be too much losing both in one window, wouldn't it?
2: absolutely i mean i think it's it's actually really bonkers if um like, well i think most fans accepted that milner was probably going to lead the summer especially with the contract being up but to have henderson follow him out the door as well um joe i think would be a a massive blow. even if he's not playing as regularly as as some of the some of the newcomers and some of the younger lads i mean his like has said the lot the loss of his leadership within the dressing room Particularly off the back of J.S. Minder going. I think will be very difficult to to replace. And even in terms of like on the on the pitch, you know, like who's going to be like someone there to talk players through games, particularly if they're younger younger guys, or if they're are the, the new players. I mean, you you have maybe like like Van Dyke and Sandow could possibly do that, but you still like to have that midfield general to, or you know, to be a non pitcher influence. As well, um, yeah. It's. I think if you said, even. I mean, if you were to pick out, you know, a list of Liverpool players, think which or which is which Liverpool players most likely to go to Saudi Arabia this summer? I think Jordan Henderson, you know, up to about three or four days ago, would have been near the bottom of that list. Just would have seemed incomprehensible, even with Steven Gerrard over there, that our captain, or of twelve, our longest-serving player of twelve years, would suddenly decide, yeah, I'm going to go here for for the payday and um, yeah it just it seems mad to think that it could happen
0: no spot on I, I mean we spoke to neil jones on monday and i think he very much sort of echoed your, your sentiments there and sort of saying that you know if you're looking at sort of the three senior liverpool midfielders um fabinho is probably the most untouchable of the three jordan enderson could go but he's it, your captain tiago realistically Looked the most likely to depart. We've now got this bizarre situation, Pete, where we're now looking at the other two are potentially going. Um, I mean, we've obviously had Dominic King come out and say that you know Liverpool, you know, wouldn't be stupid enough to, to set a price and not only set a price, but set a price that's so, I mean, frankly offensive, <laughs> ten million pounds. Even yes, fine. In his 30s, well into his 30s, yep, you know, two years remaining on his contract, probably not going to be a, as regular a starter as he was sort of last season and the seasons of yore. But, you know, I, it, absolutely an offensive figure. I, I think Sky Sports have since reported that um, Al Etifahi, uh, since are so willing to sign Jordan Henderson that they're ready to bid whatever fee is necessary to try and sign him. Now, I, I don't know about you, Pete, but if I'm Liverpool, I'm saying he's our club captain. There's two years remaining on his contract. You know, he's won the lot. Looking at the rest of the transfers that have gone over to the Saudi Pro League, I'm thinking £30-40 minimum. You know, and if you want to... If they can get anything more from that, I, I think go for it, to be honest.
3: Yeah, well, I think if you look at what happened with, with Gerards before he went, he clearly had chats, turned them down and they've come back with an offer he, he, you know, he obviously couldn't refuse and it looks like maybe similar has happened with Hendo, obviously we heard the rumours pretty much as soon as Gerrard were linked that Hendo might be coming and they went quiet and now it's all started up again you know, whether that's just because pre-season started and he's now happy to listen to offers and he was on holiday or whether they came in with an offer and they came back again I feel like, you know it's hard to say you don't know these clubs do they're all brand new in terms of being on the world stage and transfers like trying to sign a Liverpool captain but you'd like to think that they seem a little bit impatient and want to get, get a deal done very quickly that's what I say. But what happened with Gerrard so you know they're coming in for free then you're there in 10 mil now you're here at any price you want so you know I think we are in a position to, to overestimate how much we think Henderson's worth because you know as you say he's our club captain there's two years left on his contract and He's on a decent wage here. It's not like we don't value him as a player and whether you think he's going to be dropping out of the first team, whatever. When you're in four competitions, though know, he's going to be playing most weeks. And we said the Milner role. Milner pretty much played every game towards the end of last season. Admittedly, it was only five minutes towards the end of the matches, but Henderson's still comfortably a player that could pre- play pretty much every single game for Liverpool barring injury, especially in the time that we've got five subs and, as you say, he's a captain. He's a fantastic player, you know. He, he definitely is one of the best at covering Trent on that right hand side if he was part of the midfield and however Klopp wants to fit him into the new system. You know, he's he's a massive player in our squad and you know, I don't we shouldn't be accepting nothing. We ten mil seems low. I, you know, I ask for as much as you can get. You know, we did a poll before on Empire the Cop. Three thousand people have voted and I put like brackets of the prices and between twenty and thirty mil is what most people have said, which Maybe that's what we think he is worth. And then, as you say, you add on an extra 10 and say, we want 40 mil, see if we can drop them down and, and go from there. But if you're trying to sign like a, a Lavia, who we've seen quite widely reported is going to be 50 million pounds, you'd want to try and get as much of that fee as possible you know, through Henderson so that we can replace him straight away. And then we already spoke about Fabinho yet, and so I don't want to start going into that one. But then that's a whole other kettle of fish we go on there. But, you know, it's the start of the summer. We've just signed that. I definitely can't say his name, George remember the transfer man, <laughs> and, um, so he's got to hopefully have a portfolio of midfielders around the world that can replace them all and we're in a position where we're already looking in the market, You know, we've seen that Teram, we've seen that Coney, we've seen lots of other names linked, so you would hope that we've got a list on a whiteboard somewhere in Kirby of midfielders who could come into the club, but you know, it is a bit scary to be seeing three, four, five midfielders leaving in the same window and then Hoping everyone just clicks straight into gear for the next season. No, absolutely.
0: I, I mean, we're, we're going to get into how Liverpool react to this situation. Assuming that this has come out of the blue, which, you know, it, it almost feels as if it has. We'll get into that shortly because, you know, I mean, there are a number of ways Liverpool can go um, and sort of view this as a potential opportunity. Um, At the moment, it's a a little bit scary. It's a little bit too much all at once in one day. Um, I mean, we mentioned Fabinho, of course, we have to mention Fabinho. He's our starting number six and very much, I think, viewed in a different light to Jordan Henderson, as we were sort of saying, you know, 29 years of age. Um, We don't really have anyone who can kind of cover that position beyond, you know, the youngsters, Stefan Bichetich, Tyler Morton. Um, double whammy from David Ornstein this morning again, of course, reporting that Liverpool look to be set, to be subject to a £40 million bid from Al Itihad for Fabinho. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm going to touch on one thing first, Mick, because I think the, the thing that's sort of most pertinent from Jurgen Klopp's perspective beyond who do we bring in to replace, you know, these lads, the calibre of these lads, is this situation cannot be allowed to rumble on when we go into our training camp in Germany, you know Jürgen is going to want this nipped in the bud at the earliest opportunity. Regardless of you know whether it's a yes I'm going or yes I'm staying, Jürgen's going to want an answer as soon as possible, isn't he? And I think it's going to be very much a case of look, you know, I, I need, if you if you if you're delaying, I think you've already given your answer, and then Liverpool need to start looking at, at alternatives really.
1: Yeah, I think it's it needs to be like a a one or two days, like three days max type thing. Because I think our first games is in like six, is next Wednesday, so the the preseason games kick off, and that's where you ideally want everyone in and settled, ready to go. You don't want, and I think that's why you said there, Farrell about it being out the blue. It it obviously very much is because to fill that void. So it's gonna be it's gonna be difficult. Um, yeah, and just on Fabinho, like he played like his most his most games ever for us in all competitions last year, which I think says a lot about where we were. Um, just kind of kept playing him and just kept going. Right, go back in, have another game, even though he was just absolutely horrific. He, he played well towards the end of last season when we kind of switched it up and put Trent in there with him, where he had less space to cover. But yeah, it's he is the even when you look now, and if none of these rumors were about, you'd be like, well, Fabinho's starting in that role alongside Trent, so he is. In in my eyes, he's still our number one player in there. Obviously, you've got Pacheco and stuff, so he's gonna have a this a big season for him. But Fabinho is the main man. If we're gonna be losing him, I think forty million is around what we pay for him. So I think it's a good deal for someone who's who's twenty nine, but is playing has been playing like before the last bit of last season. He was playing like he was like thirty four, thirty five. It was just it was it was bad to watch at times. But I think it's a it's a good deal. But I, I feel like it needs to be. Um, it it needs to be sorted in a way where, like you said, in a quick in a quick manner where we've got potential people coming in pretty much straight away. And I think, like, um, yeah, like Pete said, like the 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 transfer man. I like that name for him. I was going to call him the transfer man if he's got a nice little layout of people he wants to bring in and then go for it. But like, there's there's loads of links and the Lavia, Caicedo, etc. etc. So hopefully it'll be a, a smooth as transition as as can be. But I just I find it hard to believe that both will go. I know it's 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 craziness, but I think if, as long as one of if one of them leave, I think we can we can get over that. I think, but I think losing your starting six and, and your club captain and along with Millie and all the other ones that left as well at the end of the end of the season, I think it's quite difficult to do because these these type of processes need to happen over the the space of a couple of seasons, ideally to kind of get players in and get those ready to for what what's required than a Liverpool side. You need players there that can show them the way rather than the coaches showing it because it'll be a much smoother transition for those players if there's other players in there that can show them how to do things. So it's the little things like that that I worry about that I just want us to be best prepared for. I mean, Chelsea's in like, was it 31 days? So it's it's coming up us long, very, very quickly and we need to be in the right shape. No, I'm sort of mean. We need to be in the best shape possible because we all know last season was horrific. We need to... We need stuff sorted and it's felt like it was going the right way up until this crazy last couple of 24 hours so hopefully we can get it sorted asap
0: i mean the plan for starting this podcast had been to sort of discuss the sort of the wider sort of transfer spectrum and you know the back line in some depth but i think we've got plenty more to say and rightly so about the midfield and the implications of exits for Fabinho and Jordan Henderson. But fear not. uh, We at Empire of the Cop got in contact with Brighton fan and journalist Charlie Haffenden, who you've seen before on the podcast, lovely chap, to talk about former Brighton Lone Star Levi Colwell, which you can listen to right now. And we are here with the lovely Charlie Haffenden, uh, here again to talk about uh, what the former Brighton player, Levi uh, Colwell, we've had some internet uh, problems, so we'll go straight into it, um, but Charlie, I'm obviously I'm quite excited to speak to you about this player because this one has been heavily uh, linked, you know, with Liverpool. And I'm just curious, firstly, what the perspective of yourself and fellow Brighton fans were when Levi first came into the club because obviously he was brought in as a, as a loan signing, not a permanent signing. Um, you know, did you were you aware of what kind of talent that you were getting in at the time, or were you thinking, ah, you know, he'll be more get a few games here and there. You know, it's good for
4: experience, that kind of thing. Uh, At first, we were very surprised, actually, because we don't really do loan deals at Brighton. Now, we loan people out, but we don't really loan people in because we don't want to be developing rival players. It's essentially always been the uh, the thinking behind that. Um, but he came in and straight away I thought, OK, this is strange. I don't like developing a Chelsea player here. And that's actually what we've done in the end. But it gave us a lot more cover at the left side of the fence after Dan Burns' departure. We were left without that, really. Mark Kukurega going as well. Obviously, have a Stupinian in there. He's fantastic. But as a left-sided centre-half, could could fill in there. Stup and Jan doesn't really do that. So I um, was very thankful for that, really, to have a new partner for Lewis Dunk if Adam Webster got injured, which happened on quite a few occasions. jan Pal van Heek is, is a very good player. He's, he's got a lot of potential, but he's not quite there just yet. So having someone like Colwell there was, was really useful. Uh, it did take him a while to bed in. He didn't quite start games consistently to start with. But when he did, um, he really started to shine and became a key player for us.
0: No, you mentioned there, you know, about sort of taking time to sort of bed in. I think his first game, his first 90 minutes uh, came sort of midway through the season in November, a 2-1 defeat to Aston Villa. Um, I think that was also his last game uh, for the club as well, again again against Villa on the last day of the season. Um, So I'm just curious there, you know, because I think from that first Villa game, he only then missed 10 of the last sort of 24 league games. I think some of that was due to injury. There were a few sort of bench appearances sort of here and there. Um, what, what were your impressions throughout that period? Was this a player that sort of you sort of instantly thought, you know, from that first ninety minutes, oh my god, this is a talent, or did he, you know take some time to grow on you?
4: Uh, a little bit of time, but you could tell straight away that he was very assured for his age, and his time at Huddersfield certainly helped him, and with the England youth up as well. hadn't played awful much for Chelsea, at all, really hadn't really had this chance. We hadn't seen him in the Premier League just yet, and. He impressed how good he was, how composed he was on the ball. Uh, That was the main talking point, I think, was maybe not his defensive capabilities at first, but how he just fitted in directly into that Deserby system able to play out from the back dribble forward of the ball as well and it just got better and better for Levi Colwell as he bedded him further and then you could see he was beginning to strike relationships with lots of the players alongside him him and Dunk in particular worked really well together Dunk kind of the powerhouse um, figure behind the brave one who was blocking everything don't get me wrong Colwell will do a bit of that as well of course he's a, he's a very physical defender as well but his main presence in the team was to bring the ball forwards and Dunk meanwhile was kind of more crossfield balls and, and short passes. I suppose to the fullbacks. Cole will was focusing on getting into the central midfielders, the likes of uh, Moisés Caicedo, McAllister. You will know too well now, being a Liverpool as well. Um, so that very, very much straight away, kind of had a, a good feeling about him. It did take a little while though to work out what his exact role was. I mean, from a
0: Liverpool uh, perspective, I just want to quickly bring in because obviously Liverpool are looking for a left-footed uh, centre half, which you know. Corwell ticks that box quite neatly uh, with the new system. We're playing, of course, in possession. We tend to revert now to a back three with our left back sort of tucking in. Um, obviously, Corwell does have experience playing at left at left back. Um, you know, it could be useful. Uh, do you get the impression that he would have the qualities to fit into that role for Liverpool uh, with the flexibility of covering for Andy Robertson and potentially Virgil van Dijk,
4: which is you know, I mean, that's a huge task on its own. Of course, never mind about covering another position. Oh, it's it's a very big task to say Virgil van Dijk cover. Um, maybe not quite that extent just yet. He's got the potential to be. don't get me wrong. He's got potential, if not already, one of England's best centre-halves. So it feels weird seeing that, considering he's just been playing for the Under-21 team. But he was betting into the senior team. They just decided it was best for him to have that experience. And, of course, won the tournament in the end, so it worked out well. But as a left back, we've not really seen him as a left-back at Brighton. It was always kind of a stupinion in that place. He kind of filled in at times during games because it's very f- fluid to Zerbi's system um, and the full-backs can quite often tuck in, so it meant that he needed to go out a little bit to cover. Um, but no, I, I don't see why not. He's, he's got the ball-carrying capabilities you want from a left-back. He's not quite got the pace or the agility of someone like Andy Robertson, so you'd have to take that into mind. Um, but no, I think he's definitely capable of filling in if you need him to.
0: What's Brighton's current stance on the player? Because, I mean, there have been reports flying around that they quite like the player back permanently from Chelsea. I think quite a number of Premier League sides would, <laughs> would like Levi Corwell uh, permanently from Chelsea. Um, is this a player they've accepted is out of their reach? Um, or is there some flexibility? Obviously, you know, potentially you get good money in for, you know, Moises Caicedo. You've, I know it's only £35 million for uh, Alexis McAllister, but it very much sort of fits the profile, you know, Brighton has sort of looking for generally you you tend to develop these young players i think cole was obviously perhaps more established than some of the other names you've brought in previously but you've got a great track record for for, you know making the most of these players
4: yeah we'll we'll definitely be signing lots more youngsters um, this summer but in terms of one out and out expensive target we don't normally have too many our record signing before this summer was about 25 million pounds Adam Webster, actually might have been twenty three talking about it. Um, but João Pedro came in thirty million, so that's already a big chunk of the budget gone. But Colwell we, we really want to right, really want to get in. Uh, they're not gonna give up just yet. Chelsea are saying absolutely not. He's in Pochettino's plans. But the player himself, he's made it quite clear how much he enjoyed his time at Brighton and that he won't sign a new Chelsea contract unless he's guaranteed first-team football. Uh, So it's very important to him. Of course, we've got Europe, Chelsea don't. So that's another thing in the immediate future that Cole can look at. Uh, But we've bid 30 and 40 million pounds already, and they've both been rejected. So, whether going again for him, I'm not sure. Um, But the big thing that could work out is Moises Caicedo to Chelsea is a big link. They're not willing to spend kind of more than 80 million on him. Brighton won about 100 million. Could there be some bargaining, including Colwell, in that? We've bid at 40. They've said no. So they clearly value him more than that. We value Kaiser at 100 million. Could it be a 50 plus Colwill kind of scenario or 55 plus Colwill? Maybe we'll have to wait and see. Uh, it, it could happen. I think Liverpool will be hoping it doesn't so they can come in. Um, but the stance at the moment from Chelsea is that absolutely he's not for sale.
0: It's an ace up your sleeve you'd think you'd have to exploit, wouldn't you? I think obviously you're not in a position here where there is the release clause, as you have with McAllister. You, Brighton can sort of go, well, no, this, he's absolutely unbelievable. <laughs> he's, he's worth this much. I think if you think McAllister was worth 60, 70, you'd be absolutely right to charge you for more for Moises Caicedo. Um, just sort of lastly, from a Liverpool perspective, again, you, you've seen him play. You know what his strengths are, where his weaknesses lie, what his virtues are. What would be your message to Jurgen Klopp
4: and Jörg Smapke when it comes to this player? Um, He's very versatile. He's surprisingly good at dribbling forward, as I've mentioned. Um, You think of centre-backs in the modern day as someone who is capable of doing that, but he really is so good. one of the best in the league, I'd say, at bringing the ball forward into midfield. And he looks just so comfortable when the pressure is applied to him. You could say the same about Caicedo and, and McAllister. why it works so well. Dunk as well. But Colwell, I think I'd say is better at kind of making a quick turn, a bit more agile. Um, I think... Uh, it's difficult to pinpoint, really, because he's just so well-rounded. I think that's probably the point I would I'd say to Joden Klopp is I would bring him in because of how well-rounded he is and how comfortable he is at this age already, how he's definitely not hit his ceiling at all yet, and he can be nurtured into being kind of whatever you want him to be, I think, Levi Colwell. So a very exciting player. I hope he doesn't go to Anfield. I hope he comes to the Alex Stadium instead. Um, but a very exciting <laughs> one, I think, needs to be linked with as well. And the fact that Brighton are... Competing with Liverpool for a player is, is quite extraordinary from my perspective.
0: No, absolutely, and well deserved. I think, you know, Brighton, you, you played some absolutely astonishing football um, last term, absolutely deserved to be in Europe, and hopefully can use it as a launch pad for you know, even greater heights to scale this coming term. Um, I mean, what you've been saying about Colwell, a well rounded player, which is, you know, astonishing given this as a player, not even in the England sort of men's senior team, he was playing in the under 21s, which, of course, what won the tournament, didn't they? Along with uh, Curtis Jones and Harvey Elliott to Liverpool. Um, so I'd be very curious to see about where he ends up uh, this summer. He sounds like a very, very exciting talent, and exactly the kind of player that um, well, both Liverpool and Brighton now should be competing for in a permanent move. Uh, Charlie, thank you very much for your time. And you know, while you're here, you know, you've been working with the Birmingham World. Um, any exciting uh, updates? Any plans?
4: Concert plans coming up forward that you'd like to share? I I think kind of mainly transfer news at the moment and working ahead to the new season. It's only a few weeks away now. Be heading off to some pre season games covering Aston Villa. Very excited for that. and also excited in mid-August that Brighton are coming to town to play against Wolverhampton Wanderers, so I'll be there for that one as well. Um, so keep an eye on the Birmingham World website for that, and also keep an eye on my Twitter at Jerno Half. Um, we try to keep up to date with the Moises Caicedo news. I've been speaking to his agent quite consistently. Nothing's happening at the moment, really. So I'll bring any updates as and when I get them. Brilliant
0: stuff. Well, thank you very much for joining us again, Charlie. No worries. And we're back with the main chat, the big chat, the worrying chat, really, about Jordan Henderson, Fabinho and Saudi interest. Um, you know, We were saying before, this does feel like it's sort of come out a bit, the blue a bit, you know, for us at Liam. And I think, you know, if, if it's the case that Liverpool are going to lose these players, I, I almost think particularly with Fabinho, they cannot sanction that exit without some guarantee that a top first choice, number six, you know, of, of the ilk of a Declan Rice, of the ilk of an Aurelian Tichmeni, wants to come in. I, I think we've seen plenty about Romeo Lavia, and I, I think this is a player that with a genuinely, genuinely high talent ceiling. But the plan was very much, you bring him in, he learns the ropes from, from Fabinho, potentially takes over that position maybe in a year's time. If Fabinho goes and you bring in Romeo Lavia, and you're saying, have fun, Bocetich, have fun, Lavia. <laughs> you're both 19 years of age, you're both still developing. That's just not a tenable situation for Liverpool, is
2: it? No, absolutely not. Um, I, I know in, from, from a pragmatic point of view, you might be thinking Fabinho was poor for the bulk of last season, 29 now, 40 million offer um, in those terms. So I think you would say, yeah, fair enough. Um, but I should say, in the wider context of having no kind of ready made alternative really in place, um, by telling it as good as he was last season, I you say he's not. You can't really see him being ready to step up to that for on a regular basis this time, and quickly after such a long layoff as well. So th- I would hope that if Liverpool are to san- are happy enough to sanction Fabinho's departure, that though the day in the background have more or less guaranteed or that, that somebody will come in straight. That a ready-made replacement like a many will come in straight away. And maybe that just hasn't come out into, into the public domain yet, because, um, yeah, because like kind of touched upon, it, if all the optimism of the getting McAllister and getting Sibaslay in, if Henderson and Fabinho were to go in the next few days, I kind of feel like all of that optimism would just be evaporated, and we'd all be back where, where we started um, at the at, on the final day of last season.
0: No, absolutely spot on. And I think in that sort of vein of thought, Pete, are, are Liverpool in a position where they can even... I mean, we've seen 40 million. That, that's the reported bid uh for potentially that has been prepared for Fabinho. But I think if we're talking, you know, rightfully, maybe 30, 40 for Henderson... Well, surely Liverpool are thinking, well, Fabinho is 29. Yes, you know, he had about absolute dog ears of a season last year. But we're still talking about, you know, a player who on his day is one of the absolute top holding midfielders in world football. Never mind the Premier League. I'm, I'm thinking excess of 50 million. You know, this is the Saudi Pro League. You're throwing money about for, for players who are comparatively of a lesser quality here. A... You know what? What should Liverpool be charging realistically for Fabinho? And B, can Liverpool, if they do sell Jordan Henderson, even afford to to also lose Fabinho in the same window? Because you're talking about a window where you've effectively completely replaced your entire midfield three. It's not a case of right, we've got McAllister, we've got Serbislai, but we've got Fabinho there. You know, sort of holding the fort. That that's a gamble too far, perhaps.
3: Yeah. well... It's scary, you know? if we'd have said, you know, that season where we, we nearly win the quadruple at the end of that, if we'd have said, oh, not, starting, not next season, the season after, well, you're not going to have, you know, Firmino, Milner, Henderson, uh, possibly Firmino, you know, and uh, everyone else in have Oxlade, Chamberlain, Cater, you know, just Mane, all those people, so they're all going to go in the space of one full season in between that. Obviously, we know what happened last year, but, you know, That is too much change, I think, isn't it? You know, we said maybe people have been criticising Klopp last season for not changing enough, and that is a lot of change in the space of one season. And then at the end of next season, I think we're pretty much already looking like we're going to say bye to Matip and Thiago. And, of course, the team needs to change, and we said there was an agent squad and people are going to start leaving, but it feels like too much in, in one go. And, you know, probably summers of the past we've gone in worried about will this player leave, will that player leave? And this one felt like the summer where, you know, we're not worried about any no one's gonna go other than the people who left on the free transfer, which we knew probably six, eight, twelve months ago they were probably going to leave anyway. You know, the only people who will be leaving would have to have a massive offer for them. And as you say, you know, the Saudi Pro League are coming in and, you know, I don't want to whatever you think of their country, you don't want to their their level of football is a is a lot lower than the Premier League. That's not a controversial statement to say. So if they want to come and get your players, you should be asking for a lot more money. And maybe maybe that goes against you know if a Premier League team comes and maybe you say that's probably worse for us. But you know, if Arsenal came in offer of forty mil for Fabinho and his head was turned, you kind of think, okay, that's probably not too far off a of a fair price but when you've got it, the Saudi Pro League, you know, pretty much got blank blank checkbooks to come and sign players, then yeah, we should be looking for more. As you say, they're they offered nothing up to ten mil for Hendo, I'd be wanting thirty, forty mil just to say you go in high. And with Fabinho same, when we're saying when we You fifty, sixty million how'd you go and get a, a ready made first team starting number six to go and play in our team? You know, it's not gonna come cheap, we got a we got McAllister for thirty five million, but we're not gonna be able to replace Fabinho for that price and you know, we, we said before there that you know we want someone like Tua Many or every, any other name we've been linked to in the past who hasn't arrived, but who is that number six that, that's out there on the market? The only one, probably Declan Rice, and maybe doesn't even play fully holding all the time. He's a bit more box-to-box, but he was probably the only person on the market, the someone that I know of, that we could definitely go on and, and sign. And again, he was over 100 million. I'm not saying Fabinho should be that, but if Saudi Arabia are coming in and we know the money they've got, we need a lot more off them to be able to go and replace the likes of if, if we do lose to Menderson, Fabinho, Milner. So just a bit a bit worried it's a lot of change in one summer. And so, you know, therefore I would be asking for a lot more money and, and you give those stats that we said then it's thirty one days till we play Chelsea, it's less than a week till our is friendly. You know, we can't be having this going on and on, as Mick said. We we need to get this sorted quickly. So if you want them, this is the price you've got to pay. If not, see you later and we can carry on planning for the rest of the summer. I think
0: Liverpool definitely need to take a firm stance here and, and not only with the clubs that are coming in with the offers but also you know with the players and you know there need, needs to be an answer this cannot you know we've already seen last season's pre-season was poorly organized we can't have yet another pre-season you know have this hanging over us you know it, it just I mean I think it would absolutely infuriate Klopp and the coaches you know having yet another issue before a, a season where we need improvement we need to get back into the Champions League and this is a squad that's certainly more than capable of doing that, I think. You know, hopefully getting a couple more sort of players, potentially looking at more of that, more of that really. I, I mean, Mick, where, where do Liverpool look to go here? We'll, we'll sort of start off with, with Jordan Henderson. Um, you know, you lose your captain. You know, we've brought in Dominic Zabozlai, who's probably, you know, he's going to fit into so that neatly into that right centre and midfield role. You know, he's athletic. You know, we saw him absolutely smash the lactate tests. I think, uh, Pete, you did a, an article earlier about uh, sort of Trent sort of almost his jaw on the floor, at, you know, he's saying, oh, 20.2 or something, which apparently is a pretty good score for, for the take. So we've know we've got a good player. It's about whether he'll fit into that new climate of the Premier League. But then you suddenly look at the right central midfield, that depth, and it's no longer Sir Bosley, Henderson and Elliot. It's just Sir Bosley and Elliott. And I don't know, do, do we need to do we need to worry about that? Are you worried about that personally? Yeah, I
1: suppose it, it comes into the, the thinking because up until yesterday, we were just assuming that Hendo was gonna definitely stay after coming back, ripped more ripped than ever. Um, yeah, and I think most of the names we've been linked with, the likes of um, like Kai Sado and uh, Lavia, I suppose they're more six players. Um, I mean, we've got we've mentioned Bichetta, you can do it. Fabinho goes, then those two come into definitely into the question about which which of those do you get? And yeah, I know we, like like Pizza, we've been linked with like of Kone and Turam, Ram Gravenberg and all those players and I suppose they were all on the proviso that we would keep um, the players we've got, maybe if one leaves. And I think, like you said before, Faro like if Thiago would have left, I suppose t- technically we could have then went in and got someone else. But then if you're going in and losing your, like, your right uh, like box, forward box player in the new system, that is difficult, especially with, like you said, we've got Sobbers line And I think between those two, it's decent. But with the amount of games we've been playing, we'll be playing next year, especially with Europa League and the cup competitions and stuff. I think it's going to be difficult to kind of get those um, rotations in at the right times. Like I said, with the five subs as well, it's going to be hard to have the right amount of players. But I think it's difficult to... Um, I mean, I'm sure they've got a list. I think the list might be getting steadily longer in the light of what's came out with in the in the last um, in the last day or so. But I'm sure we'll be able to find... St- I mean, even if it's like a a youngish player who can who can come in and kind of, I suppose, vie for Elliot, because I, I imagine it'll be obviously I think we'll all agree on that. That it'll be obviously I don't know if he'll start the season, but in in for the long term, he's the he's the guy who's going to be there. And you've got an Elliot or and someone else who can come in and kind of, I suppose, mop up those other position those other minutes that we that we need to um, have covered. So, yeah, it's. Um, I wouldn't even know who where to start to be honest, but that's why they get paid the money to to find the players that we need. But there's, I mean, I mean, there's loads of players in, in well footed that can come in and, and will be happy to come to Liverpool. We've seen that already with McAllister, and obviously they're still willing to come to Liverpool even though we're not in the Champions League. So that's not an issue. It's um, it's whether we can get players that can buy into the um, can can buy into what we're trying to do and, and to kind of align with what we're trying to achieve, especially like we've all said, like this season is. Is absolutely vital, and we need players that are going to come in and, and have the right work ethic and are going to be good people as well. I think that's a massive thing that Klopp looks for. So, yeah, it's difficult, but it's it's, it's up to them to, to find it, I suppose, and hopefully we found the right one.
0: Now, just, just to break some sort of fresh uh, news, uh, Paul Joyce at the Times um, has reported that Al Hitad, uh, the fact that Al Hitad are set to make an offer for Fabinho indicates the player is willing to make the move. Indicates doesn't necessarily guarantee, um, but, you know, coming from a reporter as respectable as Joyce, uh, Liam, I think that's that's a little troubling. Um, it's it suddenly starting start to look a bit a bit worrying for Liverpool that they might actually lose. um two sort of the two senior midfielders that we didn't expect Liverpool to lose uh, in this window, which, which leaves me with a difficult question for you to answer, really, which is where do Liverpool go from here when it comes to the six? Because, you know, we've already discussed, I don't think it's safe for Liverpool to go into, in fact, no, forget it. It's not safe for Liverpool to go into a season with two 19-year-olds if Liverpool go for a player like Lavia uh, and say, have at it, you know, (laughs) see see what happens. Um, Liverpool need seniority. They need experience. They need reliability. Uh, Pete mentioned Declan Rice. You know, obviously that's a move that Arsenal looks set to complete. But, you know, perhaps there's a window of late opportunity for Liverpool to exploit there. Perhaps if Liverpool get the money that they're looking for from those two transfers, perhaps a lot of perhaps here, uh, but that's all we seem to have at the moment.
2: Yeah, um, I just think it's it's staggering that they that they would if if it isn't the case that they would allow Fabinho to leave without having, first of all, a back a firm trusted backup plan in place, and secondly, a confidence that this backup plan will come off. Um uh, I know Lavi as as you're saying, I mean, you know, he looks seems it seems a, a, a good prospect, you know, he's probably still a bit that bit too raw to you know, be entrusted with with a full seeds have been a starting number six. Um I know Chumeney has been mentioned a few times. So he's personally is someone that I would definitely love to see coming in there, but it just partly doesn't seem overly realistic. And yeah, you know, Rice has been mentioned as well. I mean he's obviously it's very much primarily proven and he would be someone that could slot in there straight away effortlessly that, that we know we could trust but again you're coming back to about 100 million like do, do is that something that I feel that it would re- realistically lash out for you know for, for, for one player I don't know so again unless Hogsmanke and Jurgen Klopp have something in mind that just we don't know about yet and um, yeah, it is. I mean, it just it seems to me crazy that they're that willing to let Fabinho off without having an obvious backup plan in place.
0: No, spot on. I, I think. I mean, the one thing perhaps we haven't touched upon is that Fabinho's contract doesn't run out until twenty twenty six. If I'm Liverpool, you're sure. If you're Jurgen Klopp, you're Jorg Schmatke. You're surely saying, stay with us a year. Um, so we can manoeuvre this window a bit more carefully because we're already losing our captain, Mm -hmm. potentially, um, if he goes over to Saudi and joins Steven Gerrard's outfit. Stay with us a year. We're going to bring in this young lad who's, you know, we we see a vision for him. We see him coming in, learning from you, perhaps taking the ropes. You know, I I think what's interesting about Lavia is everyone associated with the club I think we had a chat also with um, Athletic Southampton reporter uh, Jacob Tanswell and he is absolutely he was absolutely convinced he put it to me that if you if you play Romeo Lavia he will replace Fabinho uh, within I think it was something insane like, a ridiculously short amount of time I, I think it was four was it four weeks four months probably four months I'll, I'll have to check that but he, he was absolutely convinced Romeo Lavia would be our first choice number six by the end of the season at the absolute latest so I, I would be saying, Pete, to <laughs> Fabinho, stay with us a year. Help us navigate this window a bit better. Because I, I, I think Liverpool are in a position, surely, to demand to, to say, well, you know, we, unless we can bring in a Tishmene, a Rice, it's just not worth the upheaval. You know, we don't have the flexibility, surely. We need Champions League football. It's, it's one thing saying we've bought well this summer. It's another thing to go, right, this is a brand new midfield that we're playing. In, in the Premier League, and we're going to be expecting to compete with the likes of you know Manchester City, Arsenal, um, Newcastle, Manchester United, potentially Chelsea under the- Mauricio Pochettino. We're not quite sure how that's going to work out. They've sold a lot of players. It's it's too much demand. How how would you approach this?
3: Well, as Mick said, thankfully we don't have to. It's, <laughs> they hire the other people to do those jobs, but. I, I I think if you look at Hendo and Fabinho as well as much as they 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 get getting offered blank cheque books with money to go and play there, I still don't think if Liverpool said no that they'd, they'd be the type to throw the the toys out the pram and you know down tools next season. I thought definitely Henderson and I find it unlikely Fabinho would. So you know we still are in a powerful position. You know just because your player wants to go, as I said, I don't think it means that they necessarily it's be all and end all. I think we you can still speak to them. You you have. Klopp's got to be having those conversations, you know, and the news is coming out to us. It must be, you know, discussed amongst the coaches at the very least, and you'd hope that Klopp's talking with the players, but, you know, it just seems unlikely we can get rid of both of them. I say it's too much change in one go. Klopp was criticised, as I said, and you you look back to the Shankly era when he he was criticised for not changing his team, but he had all the people that took over, most of them were in the reserves and were already part of the club, and then when the first team players when they went in the reserves and they were still there, so that's still common in a team and the team play, you know, the team ethic was still there for everyone. If you're losing massive members of the dressing room, like we already have, you know, even if these students don't go and as I said before, like people who have been there for years, like for me, you Milner, Oxley Chamberlain, you know, proper vocal people, popular people in the dressing room. You add on Henderson, add on Fabinho, you know, people will start questioning themselves, you know. A lot of the players have been there five, six years now. And if this season's not going well come January, you know, the fact that loads of their mates have just gone, could make them start thinking, you know, saying to their agents, have a look if Southie are happy to offer me some mad money because I've won every trophy at Liverpool and all my mates have gone. So what's the point to stay? And I know that might seem like a a stupid way of looking at it, but I just think, you know, getting to a point where too much change can be very harmful for us. And the season's coming up quickly. As far as I see, and like I'll be honest with you, I'm kind of been the only one, but I hadn't really heard of Dominic Subban's like before we signed him. So I'm sure there are people out there that I've never heard of still that can come in and play, and we can get for a good deal. But you know, it's risky and it's scary to start putting your faith in people that I'm sure they would have researched. I'm sure they'll know who will and would be able to fit our system. But to put all your faith into new people, most of them are going to be. From abroad, I would guess again. So it's gonna be getting them settled down, learning the language or stuff like that. You know, we're all hoping now with Darwin Nunes that he can kick on this season. He, as much as he, he was very far from terrible last year, you know, he, he definitely took some settling in and trying to learn the language and stuff. It's not what we wanted. We wanted this season to be the one where we tweaked a little bit, attacked it, and and got back up the league. And we can't really afford to have another rebuild season and see what happens the year after that because there's gonna be. More people who go next season, you know, we're, we're going to be chasing our tails. instead of trying to be in a strong position, where you know we, we should be competing for the league title and the biggest silverware on offer, and you know we've got the players in our squad to do that. But if you keep changing stuff too much, it's it, it could backfire quite badly on us.
0: No, absolutely. I, I don't think it's a stupid point to make either about um, potentially other sort of following suit. I think it's you know, the point has already been made. If uh, the Saudi Pro League can snap up Liverpool's captain virtually any player you know isn't untouchable really um when you're looking at the kind of the figures that are being thrown out there 700,000 pounds a week it, it it's a lot of money it's a lot of money uh, let, let's be honest um but, you know, we'll have to just keep an eye on the situation, hope that Liverpool, Liverpool will have a plan at their sleeve. We know their their shortlist extends uh, for miles, so <laughs> they'll have options ready. It's just a question of who can come in. I think Liverpool wants to play this smart, of course, and, you know, as you've rightly pointed out, Pete, as everyone sort of rightly pointed out, um, it, it's a lot of experience all to lose in one window. Uh, so fingers crossed we're not losing too many. Um, just before we sign off, Mick, it's been a, a while since we've... Had you here on the the Empire of the Cop podcast. Um, just like to take a moment just to tell us what you've been up to and what you've got planned in the pipeline, maybe with the Copite podcast.
1: Yeah, nice one. Uh yeah, it's been it has been a while. I think I was the I was the fifth Beatle for a bit, weren't I? And then I've I don't know, I've got got, got jibbed off. Uh nah, I'm not any not Uh now it's uh <laughs> got jibbed off for better people. Uh now it's nice to be back on. Yeah, just yeah, just kind of ticking over. Uh like I said, yesterday yesterday was just doing a chat about like lactate tests and stuff, and then all of a sudden Hendo news comes out and it's like turns a bit crazy, but yeah, it's just about creating as much, much as you can. I'm trying to um, get a few people on. I've got a... Well, I've reached out to Adam Bogdan, because obviously the sob is life stuff. stuff. Um, I'm not sure if you guys have done the same, but he, he replied and was really nice and said, I've had that many offers, but I can't do it this week. So when the season starts, so we're going to have a little chat with him, hopefully. Hopefully, if he plays against Chelsea and hopefully scores a worldie, then it'll be an even better chat. But yeah, just little, little bits like that. I might try and do one with because um, I know our first game next next week's against... I can never pronounce this team's name, Carl, Carl rouge I don't know. I, I probably butchered that. But Sean Dundee, anyway, used to play for them. So I've got a little chat with him lined up just to um, discuss what, what they're all about and stuff. And I know it's only pre-season friendly, but we've done a chat with him before and it was really good. So I'm going to do another one with him. Um, and yeah, just little things like that. I think it's always looking for an angle, isn't it? Trying to figure out the best way to um, To do things, but yeah, just trying to, to do a little bit like that, and that's that's pretty much it, really.
0: No, that sounds absolutely uh, fantastic. There's A few difficult ones to pronounce there. I think Liverpool fans have had a, a bit of a challenging <laughs> yeah. few weeks in that regard. Uh, Sobozli anyway, I, I, continues to, I, I, you know, I listen to other podcasts, and it's the the, the variation in pronunciation is, is absolutely incredible. Um, but yes, brilliant. I mean, tell yeah. us, tell us, mate, where we can find um, all of this, all of this good stuff that's coming up.
1: Uh, yeah, so we're just on just audio these days. Um, so we just search as Copi at Copi Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, and I'm sure if you if you get on there, the the link tree is on there to links to Spotify, Apple, all all of them basically. They're all on there. So if you want to go and have a go and have a look at them, um, and yeah, I think I think that's I think that's pretty much it. We, we might go back into YouTube at some point in the future, but kind of just enjoying doing the um. Having me dressing, gown on, sitting on the couch with audio only, where <laughs> no one can see me, having to get myself prim and proper for stuff like this. As um, I don't mind it now and again, but I do enjoy just it being audio because I can just chill and that. Um, but yeah, at copy podcast, that's where that's where you can find us. And there's uh yeah, done loads in the past with like um, Carragher, someone one recently with Carragher, but like Darwin Nunes and stuff um yeah there's few on like momos or Soho. like l pretty they're pretty old them ones now like the Carragher ones pretty new and hopefully get a few more um over the line soon which as well just to... it's always good to get people on like that because i think when all the takes is one retweet and it's 2.2 million people think follow Carragher so that one went a bit mad so it's um it's hard work getting people on, but I think it's always the benefits and the rewards of it are always are always really good to see. And the feedback we've had on the recent shows have been amazing. So it's uh it's gone it's gone well. Nice one.
0: Absolutely. And it's always worth it. And for what's what it's worth, Nick, you look fantastic. So don't worry, get back on the YouTube. We've all missed you <laughs> <up> off <your> the face.
1: <laughs> but yes, I've not so, been yeah, alone it's, here. It's took an hour to get ready. <laughs> <laughs> I have to go and put my face on before I get up. It's hard, out it's hard work, isn't it? It's hard
0: work, isn't it? No, but I've not been alone here today on the Empire of the Cop Co- 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 podcast. We've had our fellow Empire lads here. We've had Pete. You can follow him on Twitter at Peter Kenny Jones. And of course, a debut for Liam Toher. You can also follow him on Twitter um, at Liam Toher 88, I believe, uh, is your tagline on Twitter. I've been your host, Farrell Keeling. This has been um, rather interesting podcast. I think we'll be all eagerly awaiting uh, the results of bids for Jordan Henderson and Fabinho and hoping that at least one of them remains at the club come the end of the transfer window. For now, this has been the Empire of the Cop podcast. Take care.